being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. And we're back. You're listening to Dennis Brewster from Extreme Auto Repair. We got Steve from Geno's. And Larry is answering the phone calls, and, and we got Charlie, our engineer. So John Rush is off today. We're filling in for him. I'll be your host. And if you want also, you can listen to us on your Apple and Android for free if you go to get the KLZ 560 radio app. So I wanted to mention that, really, if you knew that. Oh, I should do no. that. Yeah. And we got three phone calls in. So let's go ahead and go to John from uh, Centennial. How are you doing, John? Got a quick question. You know, I've listened to what you guys said about braking shifted down to a lower gear coming out of the mountains. I do that all the time. Uh-huh. So what about all the what about all these newer cars with CBD CBT transmissions? How does that work? Can you downshift on those cars with CBT transmissions? All that goes out the window. Yeah, CBT. Yeah, <laughs> it all changes. Uh, no, actually, I think the CBT is going to because it's just a band. It's going to control itself, really. Right. Um, it's, well, well, how do you keep from using your brakes up then if you have to step on the brake? How do you slow down? That's where the CB, CBT is supposed to be doing that for you. Right. And you just keep your foot off the gas. As best you can. As best you can. Yeah. So if you keep your foot off the gas and you're increasing speed coming down, there's no way you could downshift to a nope. lower it, gear? Because there really isn't another gear to shift to. Right. So even if okay. the, yeah, there, there, there is no gear, a lower gear or a higher gear on that. It's all controlled by bands and kind of like your old mini bike, basically. It's hard. And, to, and the computer kind of controls that. And the computer should know that you're on a steep grade and yes. it should be saying slow yeah. it down or. I think if you set your cruise control, that might help you. Really? Because. What kind of uh, trans, Which kind of car is it on, by the way? Well, I, I don't or know. I'm general. looking at getting. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, getting look, I'm looking at getting a new Subaru, and most of hmm. the Subarus have CVD track. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But I, I believe if you set your cruise control, um, that might do it, to be honest okay. with you. Because then the, the computer is going to know that you're, it wants to keep within that, that range, range I, sure. I believe. I'm not, I can't be 100%. I need to go buy one and drive one and see if it would does be, it. It'd be, actually, it'd be great. I, you know, that'd okay. be a good one, too. But it'd be great if a caller called in let us know how their CBT works on their Subaru in the mountains. Yeah. That'd be cool. But I'd, I'd like Thanks. to know how that works and how well it Thanks. works. Bye. All Thanks. right. Thanks for call. All right. Uh, let's go to Jim. How you doing, Jim? Jim and none, Good, right? Yourself? Good. Yes. I got an 87 S15 uh, Sierra that I'm working on. It's got a 2.8. And I want to replace the wiring harnesses in it, but not uh, a whole lot of people carry the harnesses for these little trucks anymore. Sure. No, that would be a sure. tough one. Uh, uh, any ideas? Have you looked for, uh, I guess the first thing would be is, uh, 
I mean, do you want to try to find a used harness from another tr donor truck, or? Uh, well, I guess if that's the only resort that I have left. What's that? Uh, uh, I'd like to... What's that? Uh, uh, GM or uh, uh, one uh, vintage car magazine they always kind of have on TV that makes parts for the old GMs and stuff. Do you think they would have a wiring harness in that? Oh, I, I know. Oh, I, um, I see them on advertised, but I don't know if they would actually have a. You know, because it's not a very. To be honest with you, it's not a very popular car. Yeah. Or vehicle. That's right. the problem. Right. Yeah. That that's the issue with it. What what's wrong with your harness? Is it just uh, chewed oh, it, up? Oh, it's just. Yeah, it's just uh, old. You know, it's the original with the truck, and we're just uh, myself and my son-in-law. We just want to fix this up and uh, for grandson's first uh, pickup. For well, first car. Well, the problem is then you, you almost have to go new because if you get a used one, they're going to be just as yeah, old. I mean, yeah, I know. You're going to have the same problem. Right. I just didn't. I thought maybe one side might have been burned or yeah. eaten by oh, no. rodents or something. No, 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 none of that. Um, it's still all intact, all in one piece. It's just old. Sure. So, um, I can find a new one and change it. I'm just kind of on one of these websites. Uh, it's a, called American Auto Wire. Uh, you know, there's, right. I, I don't know, I've been kind of hunting around while we were talking. I don't see a lot here. The problem is, obviously. No, I, talked to, I, well, I go talked ahead. to Mike over there the other day, and he doesn't carry anything for the small trucks. Really? Yeah, I think that's where you run into the issue with this. It's not a popular enough harness. Right. It's, right. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure GM doesn't have it anymore, I wouldn't think. Oh, no, not yeah. anymore. No, they don't even know what the truck is anymore. <laughs> right, and the people calling in weren't even born by then. Yeah, well, yeah, the techs working right. on it. Yeah, weren't weren't born in. 80s. They're born in nineties <laughs> or two thousand. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Though that is the downside of that. Um, uh, you know what I would suggest is maybe what you could do is um, email John that question because sure. maybe he might okay. know some other resources that we're not aware of. So if you could okay. do that, okay. There, there was another place. Uh, um, hot wire, auto, uh, hot wire auto. Yeah, I yeah. Think it is dead down in uh, Arkansas. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they, uh, Mike over at American, told me that uh, he he would probably have the engine harness, but he wouldn't have any of the rest of it. Sure. So, right. So I, I, I could I can give him him a call. Yeah, I think you I think you're at a point on that one is repair where you where you have to. And you know, heat, yeah. heat shrink and solder where you'd have to would be the right. the next the next thing. Yeah. Hate to give you that news, but yeah. I know when you're restoring a truck, you want to make it look good and stuff. Right, right. So, it's all right. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get it figured out. Yeah, I would email John so, though. He might be able to help you out. All right, Jim. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. With that, we got another line open, and we'll go to Mark from Elizabeth. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good, thanks. How can we help you? Hey, so I got an 01 Ford uh, F-150 pickup, 5.4, uh, and at random I keep blowing this 5-amp fuse that actuates um, the dome light, um, the power windows, and the brake release when you put it into gear, when you try to when you try and pull out. Um, and it... it comes back to this 5-amp fuse, and um, I can't figure out what's blowing that 5-amp fuse because the, the windows take the 20-amp. Hmm. But the so, windows stop working when that fuse is out, though, huh? Yes. yes. Oh, interesting. 
Um, and then the uh, uh, cigarette lighter, is that getting blown at that same time? It's not on the same one, is it? Yes, it is. is. It, it is on well, the same one? I, I, it is, and I thought I thought of that, too. I thought it might have been the phone charger. Yeah, that's um, the first place I was going. Popping that. Yeah. Right, so I, I swapped that out. Actually, I took one out, uh-huh. and, um, and that was a problem. So this also does the, the brake pedal. Um, you know, when you go when you go to start it up, it will start, but you can't put it into gear. Oh, that fuse. Oh, that also does that. Yeah, uh, yeah that uh, shift too. shift lock or whatever they want to call that. Oh, right, and that's right. very possible. It so, could have so something to do with that to too. So what has to happen is that I have to roll the ignition switch um, like one eighth of a turn, right? And then I can I can depress the brake pedal, put it in neutral, then I can start it, and then I can I can go about my business. But if I shut it off. I got to start the whole process all over again. I, I first thing I would be leaning at, at leaning towards is that. Uh, well, it could be the brake light switch, but I was thinking leaning towards that little solenoid that uh, deactivates Did that little uh, that little uh, little parking dog, basically like we were talking about yeah. for the for the shifter mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the first place yeah. I go. But the hard part is that it's it's so intermittent for you. And yeah, if you can find out yeah, when I, it does I, it. It would be the best time and then figure out what you were doing when that thing blew. You know what I'm saying? Were you rolling your window down? Were you plugging something into the cigarette lighter? Or were you putting a brake on, putting it into gear? You know, what were you doing when you hear, then that fuse blows? But it's hard to know. Yeah, which, which, because you, you, you have four separate circuits. Yes. He's talking about with the, right. and that's sure. tough. That's the hard yeah. part is isolating. If you can find a, you know, which tree to go down or which, which circuit's causing the blow, you know, right. <laughs> and that's the hard part with that one. But that, that, that. Because I can, uh, everything will be fine, and, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll turn the truck off and get out, come back in, and uh, start it like I'm at a um, parking lot or something, and then it will blow. And it will go for three months. Really? Without doing anything. <laughs> and then, yeah, I've, I've blown five fuses in one day. Oh, really? Well, when it does it, it does it for a while, then it just finds its own way and does something else. It, huh? it, it kind of seems, well, there's no, there's really no rhythm to it. Um, huh. But, uh, yeah, I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, there's a couple of tricks too. There's, uh, you know, we have uh, we have a little camera that's like it, what we kind of use it for the COVID too. But you know, you, you can point it and it shows hot spots like on your on your head. It's like infrared little camera kind of thing that that Snap On sold us. Sometimes we can, mm-hmm. you know, run that around some of the wiring and just see if we see something that's drawing a little more energy. Because you know the wires get hot. Yeah, it's getting hot. So you know, but at a five amp, that's it's not a lot of heat. So no. it's it, it's not. I'm not sure that's going to work as well. It's great when you have a twenty amp, or you know, because that thing's hotter than heck. You know, but uh, but uh, that that's a that's a hard one. I have to say that's a really tough one. But well, I, I think you could go old school on it and put a bigger fuse in it <laughs> and, and see what happens. And follow yeah, the smoke, and then, and as they the say. Follow, yeah. follow the smoke. But uh, if you could isolate, uh, if you can isolate the. The you know like take one of those things out of the system somehow yeah you know and then you know but it, unfortunately you know it, it, it sounds like it may take three months for you to know and yeah. you know driving without power windows would be a pain the other place that things tend well, to really sure. ha- happen is in the door panel yeah. or in that door where the doors opening closing There's the pop- windows break you know the, it, the wires break right there at the door because oh. they they're not used to getting bent all the time like that. I mean, that sure. would be a, a place I would just look to see if you see like a chafed wire in there. But you have to cut the you have to cut it open yeah. to see it, and then you got to retape it back. So you kind of do damage right. to and make it. But that's a good place to start. Start. Though. Yeah, that's you a know. good point. That's a good point. That's, well, that's and those 
those five amp fuses aren't that expensive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're a pain in the butt. Yeah. They are. They are. Um, I've got it marked which one to sure. replace, so right. everybody knows. You know, this or this season, and and, and you can do it. Your, do it in your sleep. Confusing, um, right. Yeah. But what's confusing is that the the window takes twenty amps, so that's on a separate yeah, circuit. Yeah, that's, that's weird. Everything it's strange that would take the that out. Everything ties yeah. into this five amp. So there's, I guess, there's five amp powers a relay, which powers everything else, possibly. Yeah. yeah. It, it could be. And that, that would be good if you could get the whole wiring diagram and just kind of look, see where it starts, and do some little detective work. That's kind of what we do. Yeah, what we, we do is we'll find out everything that's connected with that 5 amp and then why the windows yeah. and everything that goes to it. And then you got to look for what could be the weak point in that situation. Or what part can you disconnect to not use that? Because you could go in there and disconnect your window motors. Yeah. It could be as much as a backup light switch. I've seen that do it, too. It, you yeah. know, and when you're moving it in gear, it's trying to engage that. I've, I've seen yeah. some really strange things. Yeah, we find weird things, <laughs> back feeds that happen and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah, you'd have to start with a good good wiring diagram would help you the most, give you a, at least a roadmap. Yeah, but, but that was a good a good little trick to find out is to, to rotate that uh, that cylinder one quarter of a turn yeah. and find yeah. out little soft spots where I can, I can throw get it out of gear. Beyond my no, that brain. is a so, good idea. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, that is a great yep. idea. That did help. Well, okay. when you find it, give All us right. a call well, back and let us know, Mark. Yeah. We'd love me and Anderson. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. And with that, JR and John, if you guys would hold on, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to drive radio on KLV, KLZ 560 with Steve and Dennis. Winter is coming quick, and if there's one thing Geno's knows, it's that a well-maintained vehicle performs and lasts, especially during the harsh and sudden Colorado winter weather. Take advantage of Geno's free multi-point inspection before winter arrives. We'll evaluate your vehicle by looking at your fluid levels, belts, hoses, and filters. Any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with the Napa Peace of Mind Warranty, covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. To make your life simpler, Chino's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Chino's continues to service Larry's Automotive customers through Napa Auto Care, warranting any work you may have had done. If you think your vehicle will benefit from our multi-point inspection, give Chino's a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bulls and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Stay safe this winter. Stop in or visit us online at chinosautoservice.com. That's Chino's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. You go to the grocery store to buy ice cream and end up with a dislocated shoulder. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has one goal, to make sure you get the medical care you need without worrying about the cost. Your first reaction when you slip and fall tends to be embarrassment and avoidance. You hustle up to get off the floor, tell everyone you're fine, and go home in a hurry. Then, once the adrenaline wears off, you start to realize that you're not fine after all. You end up in the emergency room needing rotator cuff surgery. Suddenly, you're facing upwards of $50,000 in hospital bills, all because of a shopping trip. 
KLZ's personal injury attorney, Kevin Flesh, will prove the place of business created a dangerous condition, holding them accountable for your medical expenses so you can focus only on getting the treatment you need. Call today for a free, no-obligation consultation, 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law, they get results. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Good. All right, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. We're going to go right to the right to the uh, callers. John from Cheyenne. How are you doing, John? Good, guys. How are you today? I'm doing good. All right, so the question of the day. Last <laughs> year, I, I my uh, house is like uh, Dennis's, you know, 40 miles from town, uh-huh. nowhere. Right. And... Uh, as my wife's cousin described it, the last two miles is an unimproved goat path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And I got an 11 Ram, and I busted the left front strut at the bottom where the fork is. It snapped off. Really? Oh. And I had to do the whole job outside on the ground in November. Oh. And that, that's fun. And the truck had about 170 miles at the time, so the the pins didn't. Well, the bushing wouldn't come out where the strut is, and then the pins were real tight because I just decided to replace the lower control arm at the same time so uh-huh. I can get the bushing out. Right. John recommended that. Sure, sure. And after I was done doing that left side, I you know, and I I found a guy, local mechanic, good guy. He was willing to do the job. I had bought the parts for both sides. I figured you got to do both sides at once. And so he uh, he did it without, you know, and charged me. And that was one job. I will never try that again on the ground. Oh, that, yeah. That's going <laughs> to. But the problem was with the strut busted, the truck was sitting down and getting it back down to the county road to get it towed into town would have been a problem. Right. Right. So. Wow. So that's why I did it myself, you know. And the difference is, is when I fixed tanks in the Army, I was in my 20s. Now I'm in my late 50s. It's right. a <laughs> different world. To... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because when you're in your 20s, you don't care. You'll do anything, and, you know, you're, t- you're too tough. Right. And when you're in your late 50s, you're like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. It's cold outside. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I experienced that this week. And, I, I bend over to adjust the racks at the shop, and I'm down there for 10 minutes trying to get back up. <laughs> yeah. But you've uh, already had the racks adjusted. You're just laying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just like, oh, God. God. And then the other thing on the uh, – my wife and I do a lot of skiing in the mountains, cross-country skiing. Uh-huh. And all – I one time, just as an example, I, I went down, and this is in her ram, 15 ram. I went from the top of Vale Pass – to Silverthorne, or, well, copper, mm-hmm. without touching the brake. I had the cruise control set on right. the speed limit, and I never touched the brake all the way down. 
and the road was clear and dry, so I did it. Normally, if the roads are slick, I'll downshift it and not use the cruise control because you don't want to. That's not a safe thing. Right. But I, I don't. And I was watching these people, and I was like, I wish I ran a brake shop because <laughs> they just ride their brakes to the bottom of the hill. And you're like, and every time I'm up in the mountains, I'm like, okay, the speed limit's 45. Set the cruise on the on 45, and you know. The truck does its own thing, doesn't have to, you know, I don't have to mess with it. And I I just don't understand people that don't realize that you don't have to ride the brake to the bottom of the hill. Right. No, that's great. And that's a a well-designed piece of highway there. I mean, that that particular section is 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 designed to be nice and gradual, you know, to do that. So you should be able able to drive it safely like that with us. Yeah, and and it's you know the same thing here. Uh, I don't know if you've driven I eighty between Cheyenne and Laramie. Um, you come up to the top where it hits the highest point, and then it drops down and yeah. drops down about fourteen hundred feet in about five miles. And they've got the speed limit down to sixty five. I set the cruise sixty five, maybe goes up to sixty seven, right down. But you see these truckers that just they're not realizing, and all of a sudden they're blasting by, and you're like, yeah. And there's usually one of Wyoming's finest troopers sitting about three quarters of the way to the bottom of that hill, and they're just sitting there waiting. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I would say five out of every seven times I go to Laramie, I'll pass a trooper in that canyon. Yeah, and you know what? They love pulling <laughs> over those semis because then they get to check them out for a lot more. You know. Oh they... yeah, and if the the one guy, the couple of guys that run that section have Tahoes, and they even have the portable scales. Oh really? Oh, yeah. So they were, That's what I mean. Oh, they yeah, pull they, they pull those guys over and they're doing an inspection on those trucks. They're checking everything out. Oh, they're, they're checking for chains, they're checking their tires, they're checking their loads, they're checking everything. They're checking their log books. Yes. To see how many of it. Yeah. And all that. I you know, one time I went over and an hour later the same truck was still pulled over with the trooper. Oh yeah. So yep. and you know, I I just tell people the Wyoming troopers are great. If the speed limit's 75 and you keep it on at, at 80 or under, they're going to leave you alone. Yeah. Once you go above 80, if you want to meet them, they're really nice guys. But, <laughs> I, you know, I don't have that time to waste. Right. And, and in and the 80... 80 yeah, is fast ahead, enough. 80s fast enough, and, really. And there's, a, and there's a stretch of I-80 and I-25 where they bump the speed limit to 80. Yeah. And if you're doing more than 82 or 83, they'll grab you there, too, because they're the same way. 80s probably fast enough. Yeah, right. Well, and I and mean, safe and safe enough. Yeah, you know, there's a yeah. reason there. There's a reason for speed limits. It is safety. Yeah, you know. Uh, you and that's why I I laugh if I'm driving out of Wyoming down to say Denver Airport and you can just watch the speed limits drop all the way on I-25 from 75 to 70 to 65. You know, as you go into downtown Denver, sure. it's down yeah. at 55. Nobody obeys it, but it no. do drop it. Right. Yeah, nobody does a band. It, it is reason yeah. for it. There's traffic. There's people yeah. coming in and out. There, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, you know, I look at it this way. I'll take an extra 10 minutes to get to my location alive. Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But you guys have a great weekend. Well, thanks for the call, John. It's always great hearing from you. All right. With that, let's go to Jr. from uh, Denver. How you doing, Jr.? Good morning. I had a question about oil change intervals. I have two vehicles. Sure. Uh, 2000 Forerunner. How often should I change oil on that and the use of MOA and the EPR? I, I'm sorry, what year did you say? I heard 2000. 2000 uh, 2010 Forerunner. 10, okay. How often? 
I, I would say on a full synthetic, we're going to go about 5,000. Yeah. And then I would probably I, do, I don't know if I do the EPR every oil change. I might do it once a year, depending on how many miles you're, so maybe every fourth oil change. But the MOA? And the MOA every time. I yeah. like that. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it does drive the cost up. So, you know, we, but it's, it's good for the engine though. No. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's just, uh, what I would like to do. You know, what I'd like to do that for all of my customers, but it's kind of hard to you know, get them to spring for the extra money. Because you do that on your vehicle. Yeah, that's what I would do on my car. I guess if you're asking what I would do on my car, that's what I would do. MOA. Oh, so, so the MOA, every oil change of 5,000, the EPR uh, once a year maybe? Yeah. And uh, maybe okay. a little bit that's more if you've got the full, if you're doing the, uh, if you're a little bit newer like my truck, you're doing the GDI injection, then it's that changes. Yeah, I don't have that yeah, at all so. on the 2000. Yeah, so once a year is great on that. You said you had two cars. What was the other one? Yeah, O five Caravan. Oh yeah, O five Caravan. Yeah, I like I like I like the same thing. Five thousand. You could do a full synthetic. You don't have to do a full synthetic, but anymore, it's it's the way to go. It's the way. I mean, I still have semi synthetic, but it's not exactly. You know, I'd I'd rather see you do the full synthetic, and you know, any are you putting a lot of miles on a year or just? uh, Uh, yeah, play. Probably about a little, probably about eight thousand, but it's all uh, in a, in the city. Sure, city uh, miles. A little harder, yeah. So yeah, I'd still yeah. do that though. And I, yeah, I, right. And I I've been using the MOA and the EPR. I've used once or twice. You know, I yeah, it's pretty cost for that. Costique. Yeah, and it, it, it is pretty aggressive stuff, but it does really well. Uh, but since your car isn't, uh, you know, the direct injection and stuff, just, you know, every third, fourth oil change would be great. So I actually thought about trying to get the BG rep to come in today, but uh, we'll ha- I'll try to have him on next okay. time I'm on. He can tell us all the no, good I'll stuff. I'll listen but... to it next week if you can in yeah. the next couple of weeks, okay? Yes, yes. Right. I will look forward to that. All right. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thanks. Thanks, JR. All right, Bob, hang in there. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're listening to KLZ 560 with Steve from Geno's and Dennis from Extreme. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Kins and Leslie distributing your local BG products distributor. Back again this week with your BG tech tip. This time of year, as the leaves begin to turn, so do our thoughts on our summer toys. Now we must turn to the winterization of some of our prized possessions like our RVs, boats, motorcycles, and jet skis. Winterizing your entire RV could be a whole episode of drive time on its own, but today we're going to focus on protecting the key fluids in all of your summer vehicles throughout the winter. First, let's talk about the gas. The shelf life on most gasolines is only about three to six months. By the time the gasoline actually gets into your tank, it is already many weeks old, which means that there's very little chance the gasoline in your tank today will still be in optimum condition when you dust off your toys next spring. You want to ensure that you protect your gasoline with a top-tier fuel stabilizer like the BG CF5. You also need to protect your batteries over the winter. We recommend a battery tender stay connected at all times whenever your vehicle operation will be longer than a couple of weeks in between. Before freezing temperatures set in, it is critical to ensure that the antifreeze in your vehicle has proper freeze protection. Additionally, you must ensure that the pH balances on your antifreeze are correct so that you're protecting your entire cooling system from freezing and corrosion throughout the winter. The simple addition of BG Supercool can help protect against corrosion as your coolant sits through the winter. 
If your vehicle is going to be parked outside, we also recommend protecting any exposed organic materials like rubber or leather with a good canvas or synthetic cover to protect these materials from the harsh UV rays of the sun or the harsh freezing temperatures of the winter. These few tips will keep your toys working in perfect order so that when the sun comes out next spring, you'll be ready to hit the trail, lake, or campground without any new costly repairs. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. Your home insurance should include the stuff inside your house, too. The personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance, remains one of very few agents who will sit down with you and ask specific, detailed questions, making sure that in a disaster, you will be made financially whole. After a fire, you won't only need a new place to live, you'll also need to replace your gun collection and your jewelry. In those situations, you don't want to work with an agent you found online. You want to talk to someone who knows you, someone who will take the initiative to call and see how you're doing. Even in less disastrous situations, such as accidentally dropping your wedding ring down the sink, the proper coverage with Paul will make you financially whole. Paul Lewinberger can't relieve the emotional loss of a family heirloom, but he will make sure that you can replace your possessions at their full financial value. Call 303-662-0789 for the coverage you expect. Call Novus Auto Glass as soon as you notice a chip or crack in your windshield so they can save you more money. Novus Auto Glass wants to help you save more money by repairing chips and cracks whenever possible. With their patented glass repair technology, Novus can tackle tougher cracks than the competition. In some cases, they can repair cracks up to a foot long, but you have a much better chance at getting a repair when you act fast. Glass repair is more complicated than you think. Something as simple as going through a car wash could make your little chip or crack unfixable. No matter what sort of damage you're dealing with, though, there's never any risk with a Novus repair. Should your windshield repair fail, they will credit the cost toward a replacement. Novus works with all insurance companies, and for those without windshield coverage, Novus will give you a discounted cash price. It's simple. Novus Autoglass saves you more money. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and find the windshield repair expert nearest you. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. Barber's Foods has been feeding Colorado families the highest quality protein since 1949, sourced from farm, ranch, and fishing families that they know personally. Barber's Foods is proud to offer your family wild-caught Alaskan sockeye fillets, caught by their own fishermen who personally catch the salmon in the Bristol Bay of Alaska in a boat that they own and operate. Go to barbersfoods.com to pre-order your Alaskan salmon fillets. And while you're there, check out the Morgan Ranch Wagyu, Colorado-sourced USDA choice beef and bison, Beeler's non-GMO gestation, crate-free Duroc pork, and Pittman Farms family air-chilled chicken products. Stock up now and save 5% off your entire order with the code SAVE5. You care where your food comes from. So buy your proteins from Barber's Foods, 100% Colorado native-owned. Barber'sFoods.com. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Uh, Bob, how you doing? Hello. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing fine, gentlemen. 
2016 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. It's one of those four doors. Uh huh. Um, Eighty-three thousand miles. At it's our my son-in-law's Jeep. At forty thousand miles, we replaced rear brakes and rotors. Front were like brand new. At eighty-three thousand miles, I just replaced the rear brakes again, and the front pads are like seventy-five percent. My brother, my son-in-law, tells me that. Well, Jeep says that that's normal wear. I, to me, that's something wrong there. No, um, no, no, totally wrong. Is, is there a, what? Is there a brake uh, balancing valve in that thing, or we used to what? call them proportioning valves, right? Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with that car enough. No, off the top of my head, if it has, I'm sure it has something like that. It has, but to. that is that is not. No, because it's it, more the opposite. Yeah, it should be the opposite because they usually break about. 60% with the fronts and 40 with the back. So you should be going through yeah. front brakes faster. Now, my other thing well, is if... I, and is it uh, rear so drum, rear disc, isn't it? It's uh, No, it's front-wheel disc. Front-wheel disc, but what about the rears? Rears are disc. Rears are disc, too. Yeah. And, and the only thing I thought was if you're leaving the handbrake on, but I think that's an internal shoe on that one, too. Yeah, it's inside the... Inside the rotor. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's an internal shoe. And and I'm familiar with all that stuff. I've been kind of doing this stuff for a while. Yeah. Um. So I, it's, you know, I keep telling him. I said this isn't right. Yeah. Uh, that's telling, con- that's controlled through the yeah, uh, ABS system, the proportioning valve. Then, wouldn't it? Yeah. So and yeah, that's not right. <clears throat> There's a couple of things it could be too, though, because it could be you could have something. The rear calipers could be hanging up. Um, that could be no. one thing, yeah. or it could be the front one's not working properly. Um, so yeah, you'd almost have to have this into a shop to check it out because you got to check and make sure those front brakes are actually working. Cause if they're, if, they're if, not, they're not working. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really not, they're not hardly working at yeah. all. If they're, that means you're doing yeah. all the braking with the rears, which is, and you're exactly. Yeah. And that's what I've been trying to tell him because he's talking about jobs that you don't ever want to do. Yeah. I know my limitations and I'm not, you know, I can't do that. All right. Second question, if I may. Sure. 83,000 miles. So the reason I got the thing is because he's going on vacation. He says, you know, he says, you know Dad, there's a shimmy in the front end. A shimmy? 80, yeah. Okay. So I take a front test run, and, oh, yeah, it's got a shimmy, all right. So I jack it up. The lower ball joints are totally gone. Really? The upper ball joints are mediocre at best. And because he drove it so long, this is my theory, with this shimmy going on, he wiped out the tie rod ends. Sure. Well, yeah. I've, sure. I've never I've never seen anything like this with that fuel mileage. And I was looking things up, and the Jeep, uh, the Jeep uh, information site said sure, sure. lower ball joints, uh, they're pretty bad are they're not up to standard on these vehicles so really um yeah i mean have hmm. you ever run into this not on a 2000 we don't we we don't see them that soon so we don't normally see them that uh, where, we, where we get them that often like that um but it wouldn't surprise me chrysler does have a little trouble building yeah. a good ball joint remember the yeah. Yeah. dodge dakotas and yeah. stuff and so it's it, he yeah. Go and, ahead. Oh, I was going to ask. You know, I, I, I see your conifer, so I'm. You know, how much dirt roaded and that kind of stuff. But obviously, that's makes it a little harder. Well, I'm. Things. 
Yeah. But, I'm up in Conifer. Oh, okay. But he lives down, he lives in Denver. Oh, really? Okay. Now, so he's not even he's not on the dirt roads that much or on the Of course no, the usual And he puts a Yeah, he puts a fair amount of miles on and he is a big fly fisherman, but he's not going backwoodsing, you know, to find the farthest trout pond, trout stream in the world. Sure, sure. So, um, I don't know. I just, I mean, I got a hundred million questions for you guys, but sure. I really enjoy your show. Thank you. As far as, things, as far as things I don't do anymore, I don't do coolant flushes anymore, and I don't do transmission flushes anymore. I leave that up to you people because I can't do it as well as you can do it, and I'm I'm to the point at 72, I'm to the point <laughs> in my life, I'm not going out and buying a bunch of new tools. Oh, no. <laughs> right, uh, right. So, you know, where do you, what are your plans on the Rubicon? Are you going to go with just get some ball joints and have them put in? I or? just, I, I did it. You did it? Because, yeah, and that's another thing. I told him, I said, years ago, doing ball joints, okay, fine, I had a wonderful time. I'm never doing them again. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> what I was curious there, I know Napa has a a green booted uh, ball joint that they're selling. That's a pretty good one, and I can't remember what line that is. But they have, they have several different you know lines of ball right. joints that you can buy. Good, better, best thing. Right. And that, well, green, that green one's I put a in. One. Yeah, yeah, I put in Moog. Okay. Yeah, those are I, good. The, the only the only oh, yeah. part store I have the only part store I have up here is O'Reilly. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's my only part store up here. Um. And I'm not going to order them online. I'm not. I just don't do that. Yeah. But I re, I spec all greasable parts. Good. And were the ones you, you know, excuse me, Bob, but were the ones you took off were those greasable? No, I yeah. didn't think so. Yeah. So that's I would I like had, greasable you, ones. Yeah, and the other thing that they do is in 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 past history. You always had your your tie rod had adjustable tie rod ends on each end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh uh. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> no. The, the tie rod on the the tie rod end on the driver's side is at the adjustable side, and if the other side is shot, you buy the whole thing. Really. Right. <laughs> and the same thing, and 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 the same thing, because I had to replace from the steering box to the right hand knuckle also. Really. Right. The, that I forget what they call that. Um, uh, well, um, either arm and, and center uh, link. Uh, uh, yeah, what you call them? Sorry, center link. Center link. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's amazing so, to me that at eighty three thousand. Yeah, that all that's yeah. going wrong. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's way too early. But, but he drove this thing hard with a shimmy. Yeah, and and yeah. he just kept driving it, and I just told because I ended up with like six hundred and fifty bucks worth of parts. I bet. Yeah. No, I'm sure. And and I just told him, I said, you know, when something starts going wrong, you gotta say something. Right. You gotta do something. You can't just keep driving these things. Listen, guys, you have other callers. I really appreciate sure. your show. Thanks. Um, listen to you every Saturday when I can. And uh, you have yourself a great day. Okay. You too. Thank you for calling in, Andy. We're gonna go right to Andy here before we take our break. How you doing, Andy? Good, good. Uh, you know, I'm calling. I've gotten a lot of misinformation, I think. Four-wheel drive versus all-wheel drive. I've owned four-wheel drives pretty much all my life and on-demand four-wheel drive. And I'm not sure about all-wheel drive. I mean, I, I see a lot of newer cars that are all-wheel drive, and I understand that that sometimes are harder on tires, but I'm not sure about that. 
Oh, they've come a long way with all-wheel yeah. drive, really. That was more of an old, older thing. Yeah, because all-wheel drive now yeah. is it's it's smart. the computer actually is knows what to do with that more so than well. I know, I know, to. like in four-wheel drive, when I have it in in like low range, when I make a turn, the, oh. the wheels jerk around. Right, and I can uh, I can understand why an all-wheel drive would be harder on tires, but I, I I'm I'm a, a kind of an impasse on that. Is it, is it lighter vehicles that are all-wheel drive, or is heavier vehicles all-wheel drive? I don't think they make a truck that's all-wheel drive. No, I think it, I think you, like you said, the all-wheel drives are the SUVs, yeah. the uh, the little cars, the Subarus, those kind of things. Yeah, and but they're using computers oh. and speed sensors to know how fast the one wheel is turning and trying to send power back and forth in different yeah. places. And and then okay. they also sense the the moist the coldness of the road and and different things like that. They use okay. So all wheel drive isn't on demand. All wheel drive, right? I mean, it's all wheel drive all the time. Correct. Yeah, but you. But I mean, it's correctly saying it, but it's not accurate. <laughs> they're okay. When well, they say all wheel drive, they're not really driving all four wheels at the same time. You got to understand that they're usually driving like one in the front, one in the rear. Depending on yeah, oh, okay. the, the situation. Depending on the yeah. situation, but when your truck, when you lock your truck wheels in the front and it's a positive traction that's why you get the gription happening the 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 when you're turning you feel that skidding you know or feel it right, binding right. up yeah. that's different of so, all-wheel drive is not going to do it like that i think the definition of all-wheel drive has different meanings yes. you know in, in a way so so that's truly what you're when you're locked in that's all-wheel drive i mean yes that's, that's all-wheel drive the, yeah. i think the definition they're using now is a little that all wheels can drive yeah at the same time yeah <laughs> Oh, maybe that okay. maybe that might be a better situation. way. Of, yeah, maybe that might be a better way yeah. of saying it. They, they've really gotten smart with that all-wheel drive. Is a better way to say it. They they're not like in a four by four truck. You can you can have a posi traction rear end and a posi traction front, and right. you know and you so, can climb, climb a tree with it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that. but that all-wheel drive is not going to be doing the same thing as that four by four truck. Okay. Okay. So the four 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 by four is is basically a superior method than uh, all-wheel drive then right i mean generally speaking yeah i i would say that i don't know steve you can chime in but i would say uh, yeah. yes i i think the all-wheel drive is more for uh street driving sure and driving around denver here i suppose it's on the driver and, the, and on the use yeah you know if you're if you're back roading and going through some dirt roads and stuff up hunting like you know everybody's been doing yeah i i take a four-wheel by four every time yeah you know but for the average person going down Hamden here and cornering and stuff, I think the all-wheel drive is much more reactive and better for that person. Yes. So I, I, it's potato-potato kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, that, that, that helps clear it up. I, I appreciate your help. You bet. Thanks for the call. All right, with that, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Dennis and Steve from Steve from Geno's, Dennis from Extreme on KLZ 560 on Drive Radio. Hi, I'm Rolly Purefoy. You know, being in business for six decades in any business is a tough thing to do, especially in today's highly complex and competitive world. As a small business, we certainly have experienced many trying times when there was no clear answer or path to take for survival. The COVID-19 virus for all of us has been the ultimate business disruptor, but once again, we've managed to keep on keeping on, and we are there to serve our many tried and true customers that have depended on us to always be there. We aren't and never will be a big high-flying dealership, but one with honesty and integrity and a culture of doing things right. 
We appreciate all our customers, many of which have come long distances to do business with us. We are proud of who we are and what we do. Purefoy proud. We certainly need and would appreciate a chance to earn your business, whether it would be for parts or service or if you're in the market for a new or used vehicle. We'd love to be your Chevy dealer. Find us today at PurefoyChevrolet.com and find new roads. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy, and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555, or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. All right, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Uh, we have three lines open. You can give us a call on the uh, affordable interest line, 303-477-5600. We'd love to take your calls. We did have a question of the day that was, uh, what job do you would you not do anymore, basically, <laughs> that you did on your vehicle? Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to the day of not having to do any of the jobs on my vehicle. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that ever works. I, I talked to my brother occasionally in, in Phoenix, and, uh, you know, he worked on cars for all his life, and he doesn't miss doing no. any more on his cars and oh. doing things that he's uh, it, tired of busting the knuckles. And I have so many people and, go, oh, since you retired, do you want to do mine? Oh, Can you work you on my car? One? I need this done or that done. I'm like, no. No. No, no, no not Retired really. means something different, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, everybody knows you're retired. They're calling you because they know you're retired and you have free right. time. Yeah. And it turns out that at the first year here, I've learned, I haven't learned it yet, but right. <laughs> I say yes to too many people and yeah. I got to calm that down. Um, we were talking about uh, brakes and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't, and four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive, and people don't realize that, you know, as technology grows, when we find problems with a car, you know, when you fill out your surveys, when you buy a brand new car, that's what triggers the next 
set of things that people want. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. If, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Because then so. they say, well, I don't like this feature, but I did like this feature, and I wish it did this. And and that's when they go after those kind of features and but stuff. But you want a larger camera. Yeah. Your backup camera would be bigger and a better spot. Yeah. Or a think. backup camera. Yeah, or a backup camera. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have a – I wish I had a backup camera, you know. I think that is mandated now, isn't it? We'll, we'll be in, in certain – I don't know the exact day, but next within the next couple, three years, I'm sure the backup cameras are all mandated. Yeah. So that, those are all good things. That's the great thing about having – you know, technology is getting so much better and better and making yeah. it safer for us all. Yeah, and, you know, the funny thing is, is when I was at the shop all the time, I read all that stuff. Now sure. I'm kind of out of the loop. I need to get back into reading that stuff, but I'm retired. Who wants to do that? Yeah. You know, uh, I don't want to work on my own car, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I know since John sold the shop, he doesn't like to do it either. He are said, they? yeah. He said, why are you doing that? Why don't you just have someone do it? And he's right, you know, and, yeah, it gets tough. But, um Speaking of the four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive, you know, um, I know we have a Subaru that's all-wheel drive, mm -hmm. and I never feel it bind up, you know. And then when we're driving, all of a sudden the light comes on that says it's cold outside. If it gets below like 37 degrees, it turns on the light that says watch out for ice. So drive cautiously. Basically, it's it's a little thing. So Yeah, I think that Subaru has like a, they call it a viscous coupler. Yes. That helps to kind of slip it a little bit right. so you don't feel that. And, right. Uh, and, it, you know, you think about it, you know, where we used to go, where we used to have to get out of our cars to, to lock the hubs in. Right. Remember that day? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you'd go around and you'd lock them in. And you didn't want to leave them in too long because it would wear things out, which I never did figure out what it would wear out. But right. wear yeah. they always used to tell us that. Right. And but then, then you unlock them. And, you unlock and then you had to back up a little bit little sometimes. Bit to, to release everything. Yeah. And, and you think about it now, we just get in. And I think in my wife's car, she's got the little blazer and she has a... Uh, whether it's snow or, or dry. rain or dry or, or she dirt, just flip that switch she turns that little little knob and off she goes. And right. but the, you know the, the the interesting thing though is that she has they have trouble uh, remembering that they have that. Right. You know she thinks oh it's always there and you know you do have to turn one little tiny knob. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and see what they're trying to do is do it more convenient for customers so they don't have to do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's where the all-wheel drive comes in. Sure. It's kind of a smart thing. Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. it's, 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 it's good, and it depends on the situation. Right. You know, where you are, where you're driving, what you're doing. You know? Yeah, that was a good point that you're bringing up. If you're going on a dirt road a lot, then you might want something different. Sure, for that hunting and all that stuff and, you know, getting back in the back backwoods and things. It's nice to have that extra. I mean, how many times have we been stuck? I don't know how many times you've been stuck, but being being stuck in a back of nowhere with chaining up all four tires oh, <laughs> and yeah. trying to get out of some place. It's yeah. some pretty, pretty tough spots. long time ago... Um, Long, long time ago, <laughs> before I was married, I had bought this little Datsun pickup when they first came out, you know, and another f friend, a technician, you know, they, we went to work and it was slow and it was during the fall and we took off and we went up to the mountains. The okay. manager said, you guys can take off if you want. So, well, we figured it's like 10 o'clock. Well, we just quipped, we went up four wheeling, right? Okay. We got stuck. Uh -huh. And actually, no, it's getting cold out. You know, <laughs> I didn't have any shovels. We didn't have anything, but we're stuck. Yeah, it wasn't it, good. It was a four-wheel drive truck, though. Yeah, you had okay. to lock oh. it in and oh, stuff. Yeah, and in. yeah, we're sitting there trying to dig out. So you know, four-wheel drive was nice to have, but then we got too far in, and yeah, yeah. So you had to try to hurry up and get out. But things happen, you know. Um, and what was uh, what was uh, you said you had your gas tank one you did the other day? Do you have another job that you did that you won't? After that, no. No, I mean, no, you won't do anymore. No. But when you were working on cars, was there was there one that you? Just would not want to do again. All nope. of it. <laughs> they liked it all. It bothered okay. me. No, that bothered you. There was a, uh, 
<laughs> we used to work on the Fiats back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the, a car not, I wouldn't want to work on. Yeah, yeah, just even working on it was... Yeah. A, but there was a, a job where the clutch pedal would bend. And, uh-huh. uh, oh, and a massive yeah. spring on there that you had to try to hook it in there. And it was, and it, hel- it was like a helper spring to help, help pull it back or help pull Those it down. Those things are or tight. And I remember having a bending many, many, because the only way I could figure out what to do was with a screwdriver to bend it, to get it under, you know, to, to use a screwdriver yeah. to latch that spring. It was a huge spring that was on there. I don't remember if it was a helper spring or a helper to pull. I think it was a helper spring to help push it down. Yeah. And uh, and I remember that was a tough job. And I don't know why I'm not missing an eye from that, you know, <laughs> those things. Or, <laughs> Sometimes or you look screwdriver back at that. struck through my ear. Or <laughs> I did have a situation once when I had the shop right after I bought it and stuff um, where a guy came in and he had a, a Datsun Roadster and I used to work on a lot of Nissans and Datsun and he wanted to, he had Weber's on there and I oh, said, yeah. well, let me put some SU's on there and I can fix this for you and it would run beautiful. He goes, okay, well, let me find the, I'll find those for you. Right. So he goes looking for those. It took him a couple of weeks, brings them back. And I said, okay, it's going to be $700 to rebuild these and put them on and mm-hmm. cleaned up all your manifold. Cause you got all these extra hoses and stuff. He goes, okay. So I do it all. And it took me about a week to get it done because I had to find certain, I had to Make find the kits hard. To overhaul these carburetors. Oh, yeah, that's and stuff. true too. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get it all done and stuff, and he comes in to pick it up, and he was arguing with the service rider. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, and there was a whole bunch of customers. So I said, Tag, let me take him and you deal with the rest of these people. And I started helping him, and I said, So what's the problem? And he goes, Well, I just think 700 was too much. I said, Well, you didn't say it was too much when we told you it was going to be this much. Sure. I go, To end this conversation, how much do you think you should pay? Oh. And he said, 350. I said, Okay, pay me 350. He paid me 350 and he leaves, and people were like, wow, that guy was very rude and everything. I said, that's okay. He gets out there, fires it up, and he drives away, you know. And about, I, I put on a note on him that I will not work on sure, his car sure, ever at again. That point, yeah. Right. Well, he calls back up about two months later, and he wants to talk to me, and he says, uh, Tom says that you won't work on my car. <laughs> yeah. I go, right. I go, because you didn't pay the bill that you agreed to. Yeah. He goes, well, I'll pay that now because. Dennis, my car's never ran better. It's the smoothest it's ever ran. It's never ran this great. It fires right up, cruises down the road. Oh, my gosh, it runs. And I need some other stuff done to it. I said, well, you can find other places around town that you can sure. take it to. He goes, well, they won't work on it. Nobody will work on it. <laughs> and plus, nobody will work on it as well as you did. And I said, well, you should have thought about that when you decided to only pay half the price. Half the price, yeah. Yeah. So it was worth it for me to get rid of them for 350 to be yeah. honest with you. Because, you know, I had to, his car sat in my shop for almost a month and a half. Sure. Waiting for him to get parts and, and oh, the I okays see. too. And, you know, there's and, so much more that goes into it. Sure. Right? So um, sometimes people need to think about that when they're going to do something and, and they say, well, I can do it myself or I don't think that price is fair. You know, and I was trying to be as fair as I could with them, even trying to give them a little bit of a break. You know, because we, we have a tendency... To do that, I don't know if, what meetings you've been in or classes you've taken. They tell me to, not to go on the front counter because I'll oh, give away the farm. Yeah, I'd give it away. And, yeah, and, right. And, and that's hard because you know it, it's <clears throat> it's better to have uh, insulators between owners and, and yes, and, it is and, and, and yeah. for that for that part. Right. Um, but uh, it is part of the deal. All right. So. Well, we're at the top of the hour. You're listening to Steve from Geno's, Dennis from Extreme. And we have three lines open, so uh, you can line up to call up. We have 303-477-5600 is the phone. And we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a little bit. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. 
Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.